0: That's so funny because you said authentic Persian and it sounded like authentic person. And I was just imagining a skin of a, you know how people have cow skin hides? (laughs) I was just imagining a human skin hide, bro. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Pleasure of the Text podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Gareth, and today we are doing part two of our creative writing segment, where last week we did some character building. Uh, What did you call that, uh, topic that we did last week, Gareth?
1: Yes. Hello. I called that, uh, textural portraiture, I believe.
0: Yes. And what are we doing today in part two?
1: Today we're doing something a little more alliterative and easier to say, which is street sketching. Or street sketches. Yeah. So so that should be good. it, it sounds urban, doesn't it? It sounds kind of cool. And do some street sketches.
0: Yeah, it does. Sounds like we're gonna grab our notepads and head out to the streets and draw a building. I'm yeah, exactly. We're not.
1: Exactly. No, we are. We're gonna reclaim the streets. Um if if people are listening to this right now and they're You know on the street uh you're in the right place because uh that's where you need to be around people um really anywhere where there are people and you can find a nice comfy spot to have a sit down and uh and and get out your writing pad or other device and uh and get cracking that's uh yeah this now I, i actually said this last time and i think we the longest podcast we've ever done but this should be a relatively quick podcast because it's in a sense uh, an addendum to last week's podcast yeah um so i guess i should give some background on this because this is not strictly speaking uh, a writing exercise or at least for me it didn't begin as a writing exercise um so so back in the day uh i was at art school I, I, when I left high school, I, uh, I headed to art school, and uh, it was it was everything you could hope for. I remember I, I, I got off the bus, and I was walking up Oxford Street, uh, which is in Sydney, and uh, this fellow came up to me and said, Do you want to buy some methadone? Uh, not heroin, mind, but methadone and that had never happened to me before. And, and I, you know, I was, I, I I didn't buy any, but I was sort of vaguely thrilled by it, to be honest. Uh, it was one of the more exciting questions anyone's ever asked me. Well, just to, uh, just on that topic, Shannon, have you ever had an experience like that?
0: With methadone?
1: Well, not necessarily methadone. I mean, you know, it could be anything, but being offered something you wouldn't necessarily ever think about buying, but it was kind of, An exciting experience nonetheless.
0: Um, yeah. So being offered something that I probably wouldn't buy. Um, you know, when you go into a big shopping mall and there's normally those are stores in the middle Mm. and they're trying to sell you stuff. And someone tried to sell me a rug, uh, Mm. like a carpet rug that I would never necessarily buy. That's not as exciting. But I suppose if you want to continue, uh, the talk on getting offered drugs, I did once get offered magic mushrooms in Bali, and you definitely do not want to buy magic mushrooms in Bali. First of all, it's it's not the place, (laughs) is it? No, undercover police and, um, just not the right type of magic mushrooms. It could seriously, um, mess you up. So Yeah.
1: Yeah, I suppose that's true of rugs too. Like if you were hoping it was an authentic Persian, but it was actually, you know, made somewhere else. Uh, That's
0: so I, funny because you said authentic Persian and it sounded like authentic person. And I was just imagining a skin of a, you know, how people have cow skin hides, I was just <laughs> imagining a human skin hide rug. Well,
1: I suppose a really tattooed person would make an excellent rug, um,
0: yeah
1: that's gotten dark fast there's actually (laughs) uh i think it's a roald dahl story in that vein uh i think it's called the tattooed man it's something like that and it is about a fellow who is done away with because of the amazing tattoos all over his body uh so i guess the lesson there is you know cover them up is 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 that Cover up tattooed men. Don't you go flaunting your tattoos in public. I assume Mm. that's the lesson.
0: I feel like we've veered off topic here. So we're talking about art school. Well, you mentioned
1: Royal Dulley. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, uh, it was good. The, um, The patron of the art school, the College of Fine Arts at the time, was an artist called Stellark. And he was famous, amongst other things, for hanging himself from ceilings from hooks. Like hooks through his skin, which I feel we could almost tie into tattooing and roll Dahl and really give this a literary bent, but I'm just, I'm, I'm coming up short, but he was an interesting guy, Stellark. Um, I don't know who the patron is anymore. I'm not sure how long, uh, patronage has lasted for, but we're, we're going all the way back now to the mid nineties. That was when I went to art school.
0: You're showing your age there, Gareth.
1: I know. Well, I do that every time I appear on camera. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so, so yeah, I got off, I got offered methadone. I, I declined and, um, and then I headed for the university It was my first time there and it was quite stunning, you know, because it had big sandstone walls around it and they were covered in moss and these sprawling uh grass fields and i was like oh my god i've arrived it's you know one of these ivy league schools um i wandered in there were a lot of soldiers um walking around but you know i i kind of figured uh, the army kind of goes to open days and because you know you're you're naturally thinking of joining things at open days um i figured i uh. think well this is the time you know if people are open to jo- joining stuff let's get them to sign up with us um so anyway I, I rocked in there and there were just soldiers everywhere and i i went to the administration building and said oh, you know i'm here to sign up and uh and i was filling out the form i realized it was the department of defense and i was like wait a minute what's this and i realized i was actually at the barracks not
0: did they, the they try school. to get you in through um offering free education no
1: the um no the the lady at the desk took pity on me i think she could sort of she sized me up and said this guy you know he'll never go beyond private so she said no this is actually the barracks the college of fine arts is across the road uh and so i headed over there it was an (laughs) inauspicious start um and the it, it wasn't what i expected it was a very industrial looking building i i assumed it was a factory or or some such but um it wasn't it was the it was the college and it was uh it was a wonderful place uh i lasted there a year um and then i got given the flick uh rightly so too and then i did what all people who get kicked out of art school do i i joined a band um thinking that we'd be the next beatles and and we weren't and so that was uh That was all kinds of cliches uh but then you know i did take away a few things from art school which have stuck with me um for many many years now uh one of those things was uh color theory and color theory is something we'll probably touch on in in relation to writing um because there's some interesting ideas that can be sort of uh transposed into a into a textual context um but today we're going to do something uh, one one of the exercises we did at art school which was um street sketches uh and this was like all great exercises a traumatic experience so get ready for that uh (laughs) what they did was they took us outside i saw my i saw my would-be dealer on the corner gave him a wave uh he seemed to be doing well and we all sat down literally in the gutter um and just started sketching people as they walked past us this turned out to be a very difficult thing to do because oddly enough people don't stick around and pose for you they they actually notice you sketching them and start running in the opposite direction Uh, so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to try doing that, but obviously we won't be drawing, we'll be writing.
0: And we won't Uh, be in gutters. You'll be in the comfort of your own household.
1: Yeah. Although, you know, if you're, if you're out there now listening to this and there's a gutter that's like not too grotty, um, it's, it's not a bad place to sit. Honestly, you lean up against a car, parked car. People say if you're wearing a hat, just place it next to you you will find that sometimes people will chuck a bit of money your way and that's, you know, you didn't ask them. It just happened. That's a victimless crime. Um, So we're going to play a video though for, for everyone else who isn't um, out on the street. If, if you're listening to this podcast, then head over to the pleasure of the and go to the blogs page and you will find a post called street sketches uh and that will have a link to a video and that's what shannon and i will be looking at today together so you can join us that way um all right shannon what do you reckon so we're gonna do five minutes always five minutes the perfect amount of time i'm gonna start this video up from the first its first moment it goes for an hour and 10 minutes um, and the, the, the goal is to just describe the people that you see on the video. Yeah. Sounds pretty easy.
0: Uh, yeah. Do so I'm not focusing on anything. I'm just describing for five minutes.
1: Yeah. You, for this first round, we're just going to go off instinct and see what happens.
0: Yeah. Uh, your time starts now. Welcome back, Gareth.
1: Thank you, Shannon. It's good to be back. I, uh, I missed you.
0: How was your adventure?
1: It was, it was incredible. It took me back all those years ago to my first ever street sketch and all the horrors of street sketching. How did you find it?
0: Uh, I found it. Can I use the word horrible? I, I would spot something that got my attention and I'd be like, okay. I, I see this detail and say this detail. Oh, I, oh, and they're gone.
1: I know. Right. And that is the point of the exercise. And I recall, um, when we did it the first time, uh, my drawing teacher looked down and I'd drawn part of a woman's sandaled foot. And she said, you know, why were you so fascinated by that? And I was like, I wasn't, it was just the first thing I saw and I was, drawing and she went well you missed the rest of her so that's all you took in was this woman's sandaled foot not even both of them just one i mean she might have been a one-legged woman um and it was a bit you know it was a bit confronting i was like i don't know how to do this uh and so what we did was we had to adjust what we were seeing to what can be placed down in a couple mm. of seconds And that's very interesting. And that is truly impressionistic, um, which, which is a, which is something to access as a writer, your, your innate impressionism. So I wonder if you want to share what you wrote, Shannon.
0: (sighs) Okay. Yeah. Lady with thick arms in a cut lemon shirt. Um, this is another describer USA, USA, white long sleeveless shirt. Lanky frame, cap on, backwards. Um woman in green pants, thighs rubbing together, um, yellow shirt, pot belly, shop bag in hand, walking past. It's about as much as I got.
1: Oh my, okay. So you can see um now I got a bit more than that. Uh because I've okay. done street sketching before and you, you build up a certain stamina. Um so here's what I got. Uh, thin gray lady carrying donuts. The boys have noticed me. So have the girls. They're all moving so fast. Love the balloon hat kid. This old fellow wears his sunglasses like a blind man. Uh, nobody is using the bin. So much gray on the adults color on the kids. Pineapples on a gray canvas. Pigs on black. Socks touching white shorts flapping. I'm getting fatigued already and seeing no one. Uh. The sun is a cooler cut of his dad. Little girl at the table making mental sketches too. Nice to watch someone sitting still. She's holding his wrist. Why? Finally, a jaunty straw hat and someone used the bin. I think there's a frozen ice cream place nearby. So that was, uh, that's what I got down. Um, and looking into that, uh, there are a couple of things that i see in my own observations which i might not otherwise find on a conscious level so when yeah. you start going into the unconscious um the idea of the gray on the adults color on the kids is a noticeable thing after a while a while that i don't think i would have otherwise noticed um and also the the sun being a cooler cut of his dad there was a I don't actually think they were related as it turns out, but, um, at the time it looked as though they were together. They were both wearing caps. They were both wearing red shirts, except the sons was just groovier. Um uh, I think it was some sort of baseball, um, top and they were both wearing gray shirt shorts and the sons again were, were groovier and he had better shoes and they were, but they were the same sorts of shoes. So basically, yeah, a cooler cut of his dad. Um, and so these are the, it's a lot like our free riding. Um, you start yeah. pulling things out. Can you pull anything out of yours?
0: Um, I was very fascinated with people's T-shirts, and I think in every description, I at some stage talked about their T-shirt. Yeah, that's you see, that's interesting, like
1: isn't that. it? I mean, it's billboarding. So all these t-shirts you know different brands and like there was one that was a tennis brand i think but i can't remember what it's called because you know
0: oh so you're saying that you're paying to advertise them
1: yeah and isn't that interesting yeah. and, and that was something that really jumped out at you um so you know there's there's something there immediately um whereas if you you know if we'd gone on a few seconds longer i i note in the still there's an older lady wearing a floral top and uh and and that's advertising something quite different i think um and that that contrast between uh, older and younger fashion sense and and indeed you know with mine with the cooler kid and his dad his dad's stuff was so plain the kid's stuff was all sort of cut around designs and and logos trademarks and such Um, so you start to build this picture, but the other thing that starts to come out is the surroundings. So, um, you know, in my one, I I noticed the bin and, you know, I wasn't trying to notice the bin because we said, we're going to draw the people, but the bin was always there. and, And then someone interacted with it and that felt meaningful, even though God knows it isn't. Um, and the ice cream place, that I'd noticed a lot of people eating from these little tubs.
0: Oh, uh, actually I did as well.
1: Yeah. Um, but you know, it's all moving so fast that you don't necessarily write it down the first half dozen or dozen times you see it, but there's something in that too, I think, yeah. which is that people are not separate from their surroundings.
0: Mm, good point.
1: And when you describe people often you can catch some of their character by describing all the things around them that aren't them but on some level represent them so so that's what street sketching kind of uh drags out of a person through their panic and and uh through their panic and sprained wrists as they're desperately trying to write everything down so I was thinking, what we would do is, do you want to pick arbitrarily? Would you like to pick a point in the video, like you know, thirty-six minutes and twenty-eight seconds, or whatever? Uh, I'll let you have the without even looking. Give us a number.
0: Uh, okay, let's do fifteen minutes in.
1: Fifteen on the nose.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, I've got it to fourteen fifty-seven. That's pretty close. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to do this exercise again, only this time you, you still want to try and describe the people and pick out the things that jump out at you. Mm-hmm. But also think about the way they're interacting with their environment or in even the way they're not interacting with their environment. They could, for, an, for example, be, you know, someone sitting in the gutter, possibly you know looking for some loose change possibly sketching them who's to say and they're avoiding that person and that could be a defining feature of of their appearance so whatever it is um, you know try and bring it in but allow that distinction between people and places to fall away a bit
0: yeah yeah okay let's do this again let's do this again. I'm going- 15
1: minutes in folks
0: 15 minutes into the clip and your five minute timer starts now
1: จะ And we're back. Uh, How did that work out for you, Shannon? Yes.
0: Uh, That one was a lot better uh, because I started looking at the uh, environment and how people interacted with it. And I'm not sure if you guys noticed or you noticed, Gareth, but there was a a widget, a toy stand that a lot of the children were interacting with.
1: Oh, the, the, um, the glowing thing. I thought that was a bake stand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh well, yeah, no, that, that explains that. Um, gosh, well, so it went well. So I'm, I'm, I'm champing at the bit to, to hear what you wrote.
0: Yeah, sure. Taking a city map from her companion, a girl in yellow shorts and blue shirt white hat, picking up the fallen squishies, widget toys, the dangling display of toys, no the dazzling display of toys, completely engrossing her, removing all the other couple's children and passerbys into the background. Can we try that? More toys falling on the ground and from them she's gone on the other side of the toy stand, but her voice is still clear over the couple talking in an Asian language I can't identify. Another girl comes over to pick up a toy. Will she steal it? No. Her younger sister perhaps comes over to join her. The stand like a magnet, toys falling down to the floor. A hardened patrol. A girl herself in a tight ponytail, black shirt, watching the small, nimble kids' hands fondling the toys.
1: Hey, cool. So, I mean, you've got... That's really interesting. So, I mean, you're focused on certain people and then you're not, and then you're drawn into the scene again. And I mean, there are moments where, uh, you know, you, you're clearly following people for a length of time, but maybe they're becoming other people. And I, the marker of the, um, the Asian language that for me landed about halfway through my writing. So that was interesting because I could see where, uh, that landed for you. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I mean, the 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 space really dictated it that time for you. Mm. Uh, that's really interesting. And, yeah, it, it pulls out stuff you wouldn't necessarily notice.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if you noticed, but the toys kept falling. Well, you thought it was a bakery, but they kept falling to the ground.
1: I just kept thinking five-second rule.
0: just over and over
1: five second rule. And also, you know, if it's not on the shelf, it's mine. Um, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll read you, I'll read you mine. I, uh, -hmm. I found myself far more distracted on this one for some reason. Um, but what I, what I found was that I, I was becoming more interested in people's motivations this time Mm -hmm. around. So I've got washers of blue, we're near the beach, strollers, pastels, uh, heads bent over phones. They're lining up for something baked goods turns out to be widgets. Uh, He stops pre faded clothes, adding to his edge edge off the rack. The bin stares at me agape swinging arms, drawing them somewhere. Hands heavy with bags, they've already been. The passers-by draw nearer, crowding in around me. Hints of a foreign dialect. So much empty space. Why, did the lights change? That stroller's wheel is wobbly. Girls in matching black tops and blue shorts. A helicopter passes and everyone turns. Why are handbags so different to the rest of people's outfits? A fly hovers around her mouth, just hers. Didn't she floss? And that's where I landed. And then I realized that, um, we'd passed five minutes and my connection had cut out and I was just writing in the dark as it were.
0: Yeah. I Um, loved the concluding sentence.
1: Yeah. It was interesting. She was just like really flapping her hand around and, and nobody else seemed bothered. And, uh, yeah that seemed very interesting to me. And I was also struck by the, um, the girls in the matching black tops and blue shorts, because they did look, they both had blonde hair. They both had their hair tied back. They, they were very, um, similar. I don't think they were related, but they, they were sisters of a sort. And, um, the only difference was the cut of their clothes and how they were cut. And I think that's interesting. In that that sort of um little bits of difference within homogeny uh, yeah is 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 a really interesting thing, and that's something I know that if I was writing this as a scene, I would probably bang on about that a bit that would that would draw my att- my sort of intellectual attention, and I'd find I'd want to puzzle that out,
0: yeah, I think a statement you just said where you know points of differences in homogeny. Because um, often when you're reading a book and you're describing um, uh, the main characters, love interests, a lot of the descriptions are the same. Uh, You know, we talk about their hair, their eyes, uh, they might be wearing a suit, or if it's a bit of a rural background, they could have overalls with car grease on them, but those uh, are just describers are quite homogenous. Like, so tell us what's different about this particular character.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, it was a bit of a, a standard trick for him, but Ian Fleming, the author of the James Bond novels, he would tend to give his Bond girls, uh, a defect of some description. Uh, there was, a um, in, uh, from Russia with love, the, the main character, what was her name? Oh gosh, it's too long ago. I can't remember. But it was a fairly stock kind of Russian name as you'd expect from Ian Fleming. Ivanka? It was sort of that sort of thing. Anna, Anna Kova kind of thing. Um, she, uh, yeah, her mouth was too big um, and this was her flaw. And it was the thing um, James Bond found in, intriguing about her. He was always drawn to people's flaws and, and in, in fact, Bond himself was like a series of scars and hair that wouldn't stay in place, and these sorts of slight defects and twitches that were sort of um, the points of interest. And they and they were the points of interest. They the, those kinds of things uh, draw a reader. You know, it's it's the stuff that anyone can. I mean, well, actually, again, the uh, the handbags. I started to notice the the women who were dressed quite i i don't know I'd say stylishly often had very frumpy handbags, and then there would be other women who were dressed quite casually who'd have very stylish handbags. I was like What's going on It's like everyone threw their handbags in a pile and just grabbed one randomly. And, and that they didn't match. And, uh, it's not something I've ever noticed before, but it, it was playing on my mind and it was distracting me actually from writing. I was sort of noticing these things, these sort of character points that was dragging me out of the moment more than in the first attempt. So it'd be interesting to do three, four, five more goes of this. We won't, but, uh, and, and just to see, to see how things change and develop. Yeah. Uh, in your process.
0: Um, I'm not a handbag girl, so I can't really comment on why stylish women have frumpy handbags or why casual women have stylish handbags.
1: It's, it's a mystery. Um, I suppose our listeners should write in, uh, w- you know, with also, you know, comments about whether that's, you know, the right thing for me to say as well. <laughs> Um, and, and yeah, uh, you know, I, I would recommend people try street sketching. It's a really good exercise. It's another one you can do in a cafe. Cafes are great places for it. Um, and it's, it's challenging and, and that's part of what is great about it. It's another constraint. It disturbs your process. It pushes you out of your comfort zone gets you working in different ways. Uh, which may at some other point become the ways you work, the things you notice when you're describing characters. And also the, this idea that, I, you know, I think we're going to talk about again and again and again, which is that characters don't exist in a vacuum. Dialogue doesn't exist as some sort of separate thing from narrative and action. Uh, and, and, and essentially all text is wound together. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That was it. Uh, I don't. Uh, I think that was quite a quick one for us, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, so we've kind of done two character building exercises now. What are you hoping the audience will uh, do with this?
1: Well, um, I think it would be interesting. I would love it if people sent in, you know, uh, examples of. of- their exercises. I think that would be fantastic. I think it would be such a thrill somewhere down the track to be able to read out people's writing, do it, do a, uh, a podcast, which is just letters to the editor, if you like, oh, I think, I think I that like would be a lot of that. fun. Yeah. Um, but basically I, I, the big thing that one of the great myths in writing, I suppose, is that to place it into sort of discrete manageable chunks, people kind of go, okay, let's look at dialogue. Let's look at, uh, scenery and it creates this false division. Um, and these things are not discrete entities. They bleed into each other and 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 it's not just on a structural level. They, they actually mirror each other and affect each other. Yeah. So, so they can't be pulled apart like that. And, and so I think this exercise kind of shows that quite well, that, that it's not just people, it's their surroundings. It's the way they interact with other people. Uh, and I, I suppose I'd love people to try it and, uh, and see it for themselves and, and see what they think, uh, you know, see if they disagree.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, um, thank you so much for organizing this today, Gareth. I, took a lot from that. And um, the difference between the first uh, five minutes to the second five minutes is really obvious, I think, especially in my um, own exercise writings. So thank you so much. I feel like I developed a bit more as a writer.
1: Yeah, I, I think, you well, I, I, I don't know if i go quite that far. That That feels like <laughs> giving the exercise too much credit. But Definitely there's a, there's a fascinating development in your writing from the first to the second piece and the way you, um, dealt with the challenge of that much information flying at you. Um, Mm. I think that in some ways my first piece was better. Uh, although I was quite fascinated by this sudden preoccupation with motivation, you just don't know what kind of happy accidents are going to occur. When, when you do yeah. these sorts of exercises. Um,
0: and I love so, that yeah. terminology because um, I think we get it in our brain. I've got to sit down for an hour or two hours and I've got to plug out this particular scene. And when you do a bit more free writing stuff, uh, it allows your consciousness or your subconscious to get into it and you develop what you said, happy accidents.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And, you know, if you look at, impressionistic, uh, visual art. What's fascinating about it often is from a distance, it can look quite, um, photorealistic, uh, but as you get up close, uh, it suddenly takes on this, this whole other appearance. Uh, and I think this is something with writing that it's, it's a mistake to imagine that all writing should be seen from a certain distance. Uh, taking an impressionistic approach to certain scenes is possibly the right approach. Certainly for like, uh, crowd scenes, for example, uh, doing something that's very close up, uh, as a piece of writing might not convey the crowdedness of the crowd scene. Uh, yeah. so there, there are definitely different sort of focalizations, uh, that are at play. In writing, as with um, visual art, or indeed with music and, and um, bass tones and, and treble and so forth, there, there are analogs across all the art forms for this oh, kind of maybe, thing. Maybe
0: um, because this is the second time we've done um, character building exercise, maybe we can do one where we listen to a song, so someone's voice or someone speaking, and then we have to describe their character based on their voice.
1: That's a great idea. Actually. I think let's lock that in. Uh, what we'll do is we'll, here's what we're going to do.
0: Oh, okay.
1: We're going to have a piece of music. Uh, it'll have to be an old bit of music because rights. Um, so we'll have a piece of music and we'll also have some audio of someone talking and we'll describe both in terms of character and then we'll blend them together and see what we get
0: and then would it could we it'd be cool if we can do kind of a reveal and show what the person actually looks like
1: that's a wonderful idea too yeah yeah no that all sounds great we'll just have to wrestle with the rights for all these images and sounds and stuff but we'll get it (laughs) done we've got time
0: you guys don't need to worry about that that's our problem so don't worry um, about it (laughs) um So next week we are doing our second book review
1: house of leaves. Uh, How
0: far are you through the house of leaves Gareth and everyone actually?
1: Well, I'm not as far into it as you are, um, because you know, as we, as we spoke about two weeks ago, uh, I'm in a book club and had to quickly knock off that book. Uh, which has held me up slightly, but I am loving House of Leaves.
0: Yes, me too.
1: It's a little bit like these writing exercises in that it promotes discomfort for maximum satisfaction. I I find myself Mm -hmm. reading it going, what's going on? I'm having trouble following this. Wait, I've been distracted by that. Why is this in blue? And just, finding myself constantly challenged by it but but i'm just loving it
0: yeah i've um reached a point in the story where so there's a main character and then there's just kind of been a sudden shift in the main character and um i'm really excited that's all i can say without giving anything away but really excited to finish it and to share and talk with you
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. I mean, I'm I'm not up to that bit, but that sounded like a pretty enticing teaser. So I, I'm going to really hoe into it in the next few days and
0: uh, yeah. see if I can um, catch you up. Yeah, well, given that, I really have to go read. So uh, I'll see everyone later. And I'll talk to you later, Gareth, as well.
1: See you, Shannon. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye.